my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday, May the 24th. I remembered the date today. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this pod, I wish you God's grace. Gosh, I wish you God's life. I wish you just God's freedom today, that you don't feel bound uh, or just going through the routine, but you see life anew today. Um, Okay. Let's continue where we've been going. You know the drill. You know where we've been. You know where it's moving. Uh, We continue through Jesus' Last Supper discourse. We have reached John chapter 16, which means we are about, oh, two-thirds of the way through, almost. And today, what we are going to be looking at is John chapter 16, verses 5. Actually, we're going to start at 4 and go through 11. So John 16, 4 through 11. I'm going to start just a dash earlier because it makes sense uh, in this uh, this rendition. And I am going to read uh, Eugene Peterson's rendition tonight, his translation. Yesterday I read the New American. We talked about the different words for the, uh, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And we're going to hear Eugene Peterson's translation of that tonight. So or today, excuse me. It's tonight when I'm doing this. So let's break open God's Word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day, but now I am on my way to the one who sent me. Not one of you has asked, Where are you going? Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. When he comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. That righteousness comes from above where I am with the Father, out of their sight and control. That judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we do with that, huh? I mean, we've been hearing Jesus say similar things now for a little while. Well, certainly yesterday. But he was kind of intimating it toward the end of last week already as well. And, uh, and so how do we deal with that? How do we, we look at this? Which is why sometimes, my friends, I read a different translation because sometimes my hope is that brings something new out of something that we may have heard a number of times and helps us see it from a different angle. So let's go over it. I particularly, I want to stay with the first part of the reading. There's a little bit I want to talk about with the second, but I think it'll be brief. So here's what, uh, again, Eugene Peterson, I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day. But now that I'm on my way to the one who sent me, not one of you has asked, where are you going? Instead, the longer I've talked, 
the sadder you've become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. So essentially, the longer he's been talking, and make no mistake about it, my friends, he's been talking a long time. This is the fourth chapter of his discourse. They've had a lot of wine. They're probably wondering what's going down. Um, the sadder they become because they realize where Jesus, where he's pointing. Okay? They, Jesus has a great idea of what's going to go on. The, the more he talks as he talks, the more he speaks about what the love of God looks like and lives it out more importantly than just speaks it, um, the more he realizes that's going to come in conflict with the world. And when that does, particularly not just the world, you know, in general, when we say world, we mean the systems of the world and those who protect those systems. In this case, that would be Pontius Pilate, who protects the system of empire of Rome, and that would be the leaders of the temple, the Pharisees, Sadducees, what we call the Sanhedrin, who protect the ruling system of temple worship. Because as Jesus lived the word of God, both of those systems uh, came under scrutiny. Both of those systems were tried and found wanting compared to the kingdom of God. Now, my friends, we have to know that that was not an isolated incident. The more you and I live these same uh, ways of God, the more the systems of the world uh, will come under scrutiny as well. And, and that's why the world doesn't you know, care for it. The world loves, and I'm going to use this word you know, uh, purposefully, and I hate this word, but the world loves nice men and nice women. Why wouldn't it? Nobody kills a nice person, right? Because nice people fit into whatever's going on. And they help us feel good about who we are. They, they, they you know, respect us, but they respect us within the system. They don't challenge that. Or let me even, let me even make that more uh, clear. Yeah, let me even make that more clear. Gosh, sometimes the way I speak, I'll bless you all for putting up with it. Um, let me speak it more clearly. How's that? It isn't so much that they're avoiding um, that, that confrontation, and so they're keeping it within them, but it's, they're not living fully, uh, or the gospel hasn't expanded them, them being me sometimes, so I don't want to talk to them, us, uh, fully so as to be living that out. I think, my friends, the more you and I become in love and enraptured and, and united with the person of Jesus Christ, the more our lives will challenge. Not necessarily even our words, but our lives. Because we're not going to acquiesce to the systems as we see it. Um, and I think that's what Jesus is, it, well, gosh, I don't even know how I got on that diatribe. Um, so Jesus is, is saying here, listen, he's implying the fact that he knows where he's going. They're getting that. They're inferring it. They're, they're seeing what it is, and they're being sad. But he says to them really effectively, 
But you guys, I'm going to tell you a truth. It's better for you that I go. This isn't an entirely bad thing. Because if I don't go, I can't send you the friend. Eugene Peterson's word, friend here is capitalized. Uh, same word as advocate, right? Same word as uh, um, uh, helper that we learned and yesterday talked about in another translation. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is what we're talking about. Jesus says, this is not a bad thing. Because if I go, then I can send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one by whom you will live and therefore bring judgment into the world. Why? Do we, are we going to sit in judgment of the world? No. We bring judgment by how we live, just like Jesus did. Because the world will have to decide. And again, when I say the world, I mean the systems of the world. We'll have to decide whether they carry the truth, capital T, or whether the kingdom of God does. Now again, brothers and sisters, I'm not going to put upon you and your individual shoulders that you have to do this correctly any more than I hope you put it on me. But collectively, collectively, I hope that we, as that body of Christ, can and will and do live this way and do do that. Hmm? Um, you know, this, uh, this, how Jesus is speaking brought to mind this parable, uh, a, a Chinese parable, a, a Taoist one. I think I've used it before here, maybe once or twice over the, the course of the last couple of years. So forgive if I'm using it again, but I, th- I do think it's a good one. And, and the story is this that a farmer had a horse, and the horse ran away. It was his only horse. And the neighbors came to him and said, oh, we just came to commiserate with you. That's terrible. Your horse ran away. And the farmer said, yeah, could be good, could be bad news, could be good news. Who knows? You know, and, and they look at him, you know, sideways like, okay. Uh, well, the next day, the horse that ran away comes back with three more horses, you know, wild horses that uh, have hooked up with the horse. And now the farmer doesn't have one horse, but he's got four. And the neighbors come over and rejoice with the farmer and say, this is great news. And he said, well, could be good news, could be bad news. Who knows? And so the next day, uh, the farmer's son is taking one of the wild horses out to try to, you know, break it and gets thrown off the horse and breaks his leg. And again, the neighbors come over and say, oh, we're, we're commiserating with you. This is terrible news. And the farmer says, well, could be good news, could be bad news. Who knows? Uh, because a week later, uh, the uh, emperor's uh, consorts come through and conscript all the young men to go off to war. And seeing the young man with the broken leg they don't take him off to war. So again, you get the story. The idea is we come to judgment on certain actions so quickly and say, this is good, this is bad, and we judge it as if we know the whole story. And our God says, but you don't. You don't. And using that example, again, from the, the, the Chinese parable, Um, Jesus is saying, I know you're getting sadder because this is going to be happening to me. But don't worry, God can use it for good. God can and will use it for good. And had we read the first reading today, and and we're not going to do that, 
But Paul and Barnabas are imprisoned uh, for preaching the word of God. And they have been stripped, they've been beaten, they're imprisoned, they're in chains. And suddenly there's, a, there's an earthquake. And the, uh, the doors of the cell are shaken and opened. And all of the, the chains uh, come off their moorings. And, and they are, are freed, essentially, Paul and Barnabas are. And the jailer, who's been sleeping, wakes up, sees that all this has happened, and assumes that, the, uh, that the, all the prisoners have escaped, starts drawing a sword and is going to kill himself. And Paul says to him, do not do any harm to yourself. Uh, we are all still here. And the jailer comes in and says, this is amazing. You are. What must I do to be saved? And Paul tells him how to do that. Now, again, I'm not advocating, brothers and sisters, that we all ride horses and attempt to break our legs. I'm not advocating that we all uh, do our best to get thrown into jail. And I am certainly not advocating that we all do our best to get crucified on a tree. But what I am saying, my friends, in the midst of that is perhaps what we need to do is stop judging these smaller events or whatever is going on in our lives right now and say, this is the end and this is awful, as if we are are telling God that God cannot use that. If God can use the absolute worst thing that happened on that Mount Calvary uh, day, on Golgotha, on Good Friday, uh, and make it the best thing, which is ultimately resurrection and, and that web that is woven over us, to be taken away, and ultimately to the point where now God in God's great goodness can be everywhere at once by sending this advocate, this helper, this friend to us, and we can live, we carry this friend within us, and we can live in that spirit of Christ. If that action can bring about this, my friends, God can take whatever we're going through, and I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying let's put on a smiley face and say this is wonderful. I think it's, it's okay for us to recognize those times and moments in our life that we are grieving like the disciples are, but to realize that may not and will not, I'll even say, I'll go that far to say it will not be the end, that God can make all things work for good, as the scripture reminds us, right? God can make all things work for good. Last thing I'll say here is just uh, speaking on the end here. And this is one of the main reasons I went with Peterson's translation, because I like how he says it. Uh, When he comes, or she comes, because again, I'm using the Old Testament version of the spirit of uh, wisdom, Sophia. When the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit will expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I mean, this gets very confusing, but he says that the Spirit will help us understand sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then he goes through each one, Jesus does, and says, the Spirit will show them that the refusal to believe in me, meaning Jesus, is their basic sin. The righteousness comes from above, where I am with the Father, out of their sight and control. And the judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. This is hard stuff to understand, and I'm not even going to pretend that I do understand it and know. But here's basically what I'll say. I like this because it's saying basically sin is not uh, these, you know, just, well, let me not say, it's not 
merely our small individual moral actions. It is that idea of are we in communion with God or outside of it? With well, Even better said this way, with whom are we in communion? Are we in communion with God or merely, and I will put that specifically, merely ourself? Are we in communion with God or merely a group? Hey, they may even be good groups, but they're way too small if they're less than God, right? And, and that because we are not in that union, that mystical communion with our God, and it takes us outside of that dance, that flow that I talk about, then it's in error. And, and what Jesus is saying is the Holy Spirit helps us see that. And the, um, the righteousness, because I love how he says that, that righteousness uh, comes from above, out of their sight and control. The brothers and sisters... If you are living righteously, and I hope and pray that you are, and I hope you are praying for me that I do too, that we may know that that doesn't come from us. That comes from one place, and that comes from our God, out of our sight and control. We merely must open ourselves to it and say yes to that dance and that flow uh, to be part of it. And, uh, and finally, uh, that judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. And I think that's what it talks about, that those systems of the world. They're brought to trial because they don't stand up to the truth. And the truth is that the kingdom of God is the only thing that brings us life. Now, my friends, this is a tough gospel. I've talked way longer than I intended to, and I hope I didn't bore you with all these things. But just know wherever and whatever is going on in life today, you're not at the end. Our God can use all things for good. If God can use God's very Son uh, and, and God's cru- the crucifixion uh, to send that advocate and that helper to be even more present in this world, God can take what's going on with us and make good come of it. May God bless you. Let's lead all this to prayer, shall we? So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second joyful mystery, the visitation. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Be well and God's peace.